hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. It gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening to episode 205 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, each and every week. Uh, joining us here uh, on Two Blokes Talking Tech is myself, Trevor Long, and, of course, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be the other bloke talking tech with you again this week. Well, it's, uh, it's been 205 episodes in a row, so it'll be a bit weird if I brush you now. <laughs> I, mean, let's I don't think one bloke talking tech quite has the same ring to it. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, one bloke talking tech is pretty much your tech life and tech, tech guide yeah. podcast. So if, if people That's are exactly interested right. in one bloke talking tech, we each have our own solo podcast, which you can, of course, uh, download and subscribe to, uh, the Tech Guide podcast and your tech life. You can find uh, everything I do at eftm.com.au and on Twitter at Trevor Long. And, of course, Stephen is uh, techguide.com.au and on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH. Let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes. Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I remember it's a couple of years ago now. We were in San Jose for the iPad Mini launch, and yep. we we had a bit of spare time after the launch. We went to a, a local kind of shopping center, and we were both kind of <laughs> we we I think we laughed a lot when we when we discovered the Apple Store because just across the literally diagonally across the hall. Um, from the Apple Store was the Microsoft Store. Now, this was the first Microsoft Store I'd seen, and it was quite interesting to look in because it it's a tough one for Microsoft. They've created this same um, branded store experience, but not only do they have their you know their Surface and their phones and you know showing off Office and things, but they've also got a whole bunch of other OEM manufacturers, you know HP and Dell, because they're also selling Microsoft within their products. So it's a little bit more cluttered and confused, and also the most Hilarious part about it for me was the point of sale experience was clumsy at best because the tablet they were using was this huge thing which didn't at all lend itself to the point of sale experience where over at Apple they use an iPhone and it's just a quick swipe and off you go. So interesting to see them. And then we've just had the announcement this week from Microsoft that, in fact, their first international store outside of the U.S., and of course, they're first in the Asia Pacific region. Is going to be in Sydney uh, by Christmas this year. They're going to open a two-story Microsoft store in the uh, Pitt Street Mall Westfield Shopping Centre. Um, this is a quite a big deal for Sydney, quite a big deal for Microsoft, and it'll be interesting to see the reception it gets here. Don't you think? Absolutely, yes. I think this is uh, it is. I think an achievement the fact that they've chosen Sydney for, for this new uh, the flagship store. Uh, says a lot about what they think of us down here in Australia. We're, we're obviously very good Microsoft customers, uh, and I think interesting location too. It's sort of in the in the main drag in the in the Pitt Street Mall entrance to where the Westfield there, right next to Sephora. Apparently, it's going to go. Yep. We'll be ready by Christmas, or uh, so the announcement mm-hmm. says. But uh, I think now with and I do remember that uh, when we were in the shopping center, it was a Westfield shopping center as well there actually. So um, when when we did see that there were a lot less people in the Microsoft store, I have to admit a lot more people in the Apple store but 
In those two years, though, Microsoft have been a bit more active in the hardware space. They're creating, well, they already had the Surface Pro. They're now up to the Surface Pro 3. They've also got the Surface 3, which is the their latest tablet, which I've just got, which is really, really great. Uh, the Xbox One, all these other devices. So they really can claim to have an experience store, so where people can actually go in and experience the products, not to mention the multitude of software that's there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the fact that we're getting it in Sydney, I think uh, that that's, a, that's a big endorsement, I think, from Microsoft. We're, uh, we're obviously big customers down here, big Microsofties uh, down here in Australia. <laughs> Microsofties. And you're right because, see, the thing about their, their handset division now, they've got Windows 10 coming later in the year. You can kind of imagine they, they probably would have liked to have had it open by Windows 10 launch, but that's much closer than, than, than the opening of this store seems to be. But it seems like the perfect place to go and experience Windows 10, Windows 10 on a desktop, a tablet, and a, and a mobile. You know, that's the kind of thing that they want you to experience is the whole gamut of the, of, of the Windows uh, experience as opposed Absolutely, to just seeing yeah. it on one computer. I agree. I think Windows 10, I think, is going to be um, – that that's really going to be the big selling point, the fact that you, now you don't need to have separate operating systems for your phone and for your tablet and for your computer. They're all, all the same. Um, I, I think that's a massive story to tell and a great way to demonstrate that in the store. Uh, the store, which will also have an answer desk, not a genius bar, but an answer desk <laughs> where customers can get their uh, – technical support and, and uh, any troubleshooting that needs to be done. Uh, they're also going to wear the uh, – I've put a picture on my story on Tech Guide of uh, the staff, you know, whooping and cheering and uh, wearing their coloured T-shirts. Uh, Never seen that Drinking before. from the same bucket of Kool-Aid as, uh, as their opponents across the hall there. So um, it's going to be – it's interesting how uh, they're going to be quite similar to one another yet so far apart in terms of sort of the, the product lineups and uh, the attitudes behind the bar there. So – Interesting. I can't wait to see it in Sydney. It's going to be uh, – I'm definitely going to pay it a visit. Would uh, like to see what they've got to offer and how they do it here. Yeah, and I think um, they'll obviously put on a huge attempt to to get uh, people's attention when it does launch because this is really important for them globally. So, uh, look, Pitt Street Mall is probably the best place for it because it's a great – place to you know browse at lunchtime a lot of city yeah. uh, city city workers uh you know mill around pitt street mall get their lunch around that area so it's a huge chance for them to to hit a new market and, and uh, um you know plenty of room too if there's ever a, a huge line for a new product launch there's plenty of room in pitt street mall to fit all those people when was the last time people queued for a microsoft product? <laughs> i don't know trevor i'm just saying that, that maybe there'll be a time where that microsoft there'll be you know the, the new xbox maybe or the Surface Pro 4, who knows? Mm. There may be that opportunity. Would it be wishful thinking for them, for them to set up the bollards already for those launches or yeah, to I'd, get the security involved? I'd be cautious about that <laughs> if I was them. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you've got a thought or opinion on, on a Microsoft store, if you've seen a Microsoft store in another part of the world, uh, in, in America, of course, because that's where they are, uh, jump on Twitter at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and the hashtag for Two Blokes Talking Tech is hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Now, we've all heard of VPNs, virtual private networks, and uh, they've been actually 
there's been quite a lot of talk around VPNs and how they've been used, especially in the days, uh, in the, the, the times predating the Australian launch of Netflix. We've often used VPNs to access uh, foreign websites like Netflix, so to get around those geo-blocking issues. We've also, a lot of people use VPNs to shop in overseas stores. Some of the, say, stores in the US only deal with American customers, and the way to get around that is to use a VPN. And if you have an American American mailing address or someone who lives in the States, you can get uh, quite a bargain. So the, when the news came out where, where a, a new law being considered by the government to sort to cut to, to it's it's obviously to combat online piracy and, and illegal downloading of content and things like that. When this news was uh, being considered, where this new law may actually result in VPNs being either blocked or made illegal, uh, there was a huge outcry uh, where there were a lot of people protesting the fact that people who use VPNs aren't necessarily breaking the law if they're accessing content legally and if they're shopping. Uh, I think that nobody can really stop them. But the, the risk that we have here with this new law called the Copyright Amendment Online Infringement Bill, quite a mouthful, but basic, at its basic concept is this is going to allow companies from overseas to block access to sites that they believe is infringing their copyright. So, yeah. for example, it would be a studio saying to an Australian ISP, that is this site in Australia that your your customers are accessing in Australia are infringing our copyright, so block it down. So basically put up an internet filter and block access to that site. So the downside of that, sort of the fallout of that could be that VPNs uh, could be made illegal. So I think uh, this is a big issue. I think just the fact that uh, the word, using the word internet and filter in a sentence in Australia is also an issue. Uh, we're not going to hear the end of this anytime soon. And look, the, here, here's, here's my position. I don't care if they block VPNs because, A, it doesn't affect me, I don't use one. B, um, the people that really, really want them will find another way around them. And C, it won't happen because a VPN is a entirely legal way. Uh, in fact, it's a network configuration way that often corporations and businesses use to work. Um, so a global organization may <clears throat> allow their, their uh, traveling workers to access their, their home network, it might be in America or another country, so that they can access their files or information uh, easily yeah. and, and remotely. So a VPN has a purpose, and that's, that's the bottom line. Everyone needs to remember a VPN has a very clear legal purpose. So yeah. how, how's the government going to stop that? What are they going to ask you to verify every piece of traffic? No. But so you'll, well, that, what you'll find is a whole bunch of I businesses asked. jump up, and, and I don't think they'll be able to do anything about it. Yeah, now my, my question is, well, how, A, how are they going to find them? A lot, a lot of them are, are business VPNs, like you said. Yeah. And, and I think they, they're going to be finding it really hard to track them down. Uh, I don't know. I think this might be a bit of sabre rattling on the, on the yep. government's part. Maybe, uh, a choice and, all, all and ACAN have been out and, uh, and really sort of going, going, uh, pretty hard on the fact that this is a possibility. So Look, all power to them. The the fact is the Dallas Buyers Club, the three strikes law, this this kind of threat of VPN is scaring enough people away from pirating that should help the reduce the piracy rates. The fact is the Game of Thrones has had its highest ratings ever on Foxtel this year, probably because a whole bunch of people were scared witless uh, by all the yep. downloading laws. Now I'm sure a heap of people downloaded it too. 
but nowhere near on the scale as has happened in the past. And that's the big thing. We've always got to remember that it's all hype in the tech world about how many people are doing this, that and the other. But in reality, it's it's a small portion of the actual global community, especially yeah. in Australia with mainstream. So, Well, according, according to uh, uh, the... Choice put out a release early this week or late last week about it. Yeah. Uh, according to that release, there's more than 680,000 uh, Australian households use v- tools like VPNs to access overseas content. Can I just say That's a lot of people? If it does come down on on, on the wrong side of uh, on the wrong side, that is going to affect a few people. But um, as I said, it's going to be very hard to to tr- find them, and as you said, to to, to distinguish between the various bits mm. of content and stuff that's being shared. Mm. Uh, but I think that going going back to the other part of the of the problem here is that basically trying to tell trying to block access, like p- putting an actual filter in place. Uh, I think that that's that's pr- yeah, wrong in my opinion. Mm. Right there, I think. Um, Give us the opportunity to get it legally. Give us the education we need, and you know it's like it's like banning cars because sometimes you have an accident. You can't put filters up and block access to certain sites because some idiots download content illegally. Uh, you know this has got a long way to run, and hopefully uh, the best result will come out for Australians. Let's have an internet filter discussion another day. But let me just go quickly back and wrap it up with this: the choice information study survey that suggests six hundred eighty thousand people have access to VPNs. Um, if you're driving in the car and you've got the kids, please, uh, kids, Uncle Trev's going to say something naughty. I call complete bullshit on choice and the 680,000. That's as much fact as there was 200,000 people using Netflix, which, again, was a load of complete crap made up by people using a small amount of survey data, sample data, to extrapolate out across the population. It's crap. That it's was not... in their quote, by the way. Yeah. That, that was, a, that was in them. their quote. And good on them for yeah. quoting that. But they're quoting that to get headlines because a whole bunch of people love the fact that they can use that as being a, a way of extrawling the virtues of why VPNs are really important to Australians. 680,000 people... Well, there's 10 million homes in the in the country. That's basically like one in 11 or 12 homes is using VPN. Crap. It's just not happening. That's my view. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick to my view. <laughs> I'm, I'm entitled to my view. And Uncle Trev's very sorry for the naughty word. Um, I will, um, I'll wash my mouth house with soap later on. Uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And uh, we've been telling you for a little while, and you can read our reviews of the Arlo Smart Home Security Camera on eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. And I can't tell you how much uh, the Arlo camera that I have placed uh, poised, pointed at my front door, comes in handy with things like courier deliveries and the like. Because uh, not only do I get alerts to tell me when someone's there, but I can, you know, I can confirm that something was left there if I've given instructions to leave it there. I can, I've got all the facts and the information around and plus if someone's just knocking on the door and they're looking through the windows I can uh, I can be aware of these things um, it's very useful system because not only is it uh, a great security camera but it's completely wire free 100% wire free high definition content you'll be amazed what this thing can do and only experience with it can show you but read our reviews I think you'll be convinced by just those but very easy to install very easy to set up and very easy to set up your cloud account to ensure that you can get access to your cameras and all the recorded content in the cloud on any device at any time uh, using Netgear's Arlo Arlo uh, is the is the brand and Netgear is the company behind it and you can check them out at netgear.com.au Now, I have to say uh, that the the Tim Cook 
um, keynote where he he talked about the Apple Watch pricing and announcements and more information was was also quite exciting because they announced a new MacBook and it was a very nice looking MacBook. The idea of a new MacBook on its in itself was interesting. The idea that it was smaller than a MacBook Air but didn't replace the MacBook Air was interesting. And Stephen, we've both had the chance to have a couple of weeks uh, with this new device. Uh, I opted for the slate grey because I'm not an outlandish uh, hip. Hip, <laughs> hip, what are they called? Hip hop star in America. You went for the hip hop option of the gold. Um, I've got to say, this is a stunning device. Um, it is amazing how small it is when you consider. I've, I, uh, my daily device is a MacBook Air 11 inch. So right out of the box, this was this was a real experience for me. It's definitely lighter. It's definitely smaller and thinner, and that in itself is amazing. It has a bigger yep. screen, 12 inch Retina screen. It has the uh, magic, and I call it magic, uh, force touch trackpad which just blows your mind when you use it. It has an all-new keyboard, which, while it does feel different, Apple say it doesn't feel any different, it does feel different, but it's very it easy to get used to, and, and it actually is more accurate because every tap of a key works. It's not, it's not hit or miss. It's, it's quite amazing what they've done, mate. I, I can't help but be impressed with the product, but it's Absolutely. a very weird point in their range because the MacBook Air 11-inch is still available. It's cheaper. You've got the MacBook, this new one, 12-inch. It's very nice, but it's $17.99 entry point. You can get a MacBook Pro 13-inch for that with Retina. So it yeah. sits interestingly in the middle, and I think you've got to really want to be an early adopter, uh, a lover of beautiful design and great technology because, bang for your buck, you can get a lot of other devices for this amount of money. Uh, and when you think about the compromises that you are going to have, no USBs and things, there is a lot of decision around it for the completely wire-free um, uh, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I agree. I think, uh, and I hear my thoughts on it. I think, well, first off, the straight off the bat, I think it is, and I said this in my review. It's an amazing feat of engineering what they've done to squeeze all of this, all the features, uh, and into such a thin device. It's only thirteen point one millimeters thick. Uh, so they've had to, had to reinvent the screen. They've reinvented the keyboard. They've put a new trackpad. The whole lot. They've had to reinvent the battery technology so that they can fit more battery in a smaller space. The logic board's been reinvented. Smaller, 67% smaller than your 11-inch MacBook Air's uh, logic board. Uh, yet still delivers impressive performance. Uh, and, and, and just the, the features, plenty of features on board as well. But here are my issues with it. And, and look, I gave it a great review because it's a great computer. It, it's, it's not for everyone though. Uh, the, the type of customer who's going to buy this, they say it's for the people who are living in the wireless world because, you know, you get stuff you can connect with Bluetooth, you got Wi-Fi. So there's only the one USB-C port. And I had a funny experience when I migrated all my stuff off a hard drive. I had my, my time machine backup of my regular MacBook, my 15-inch MacBook Pro, and I connected it up and did the migration, and there's only the one port, so I thought, okay, I'm going to connect that through. And the, the computer told me, you need to be connected to power uh, to do the migration, and I'm thinking, well, I don't have an adapter. How else am I going to connect power if I don't have my time machine drive connected? So straight off the bat, uh, it did let me do it eventually, but Straight straight away, I found, well, okay, one port's obviously not enough sometimes. That's why you're going to have to spring for some adapters if you want to use multiple things at the same time, like a USB mm. and you're charging it. You need to have the adapter. Now, having said that, uh, it's still an excellent computer. The retina display is amazing. The keyboard I found was – it took me a little bit of getting used to it. I've used a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, the keyboard is, is slightly different. The keys are 70% larger. Not much travel in the key. 
it so it doesn't it go it doesn't protrude very far from the top of the computer so i've sort of found that getting used to that new keyboard after spending years on another keyboard took a little bit of getting used to but i did come to like it um the the type of person to use this, they say that they're uh, on the mobile, on the move. So that to me says pretty tech savvy. So uh, the, those tech savvy people are going to want to do things like maybe upload their photos from a memory card or uh, maybe connect something as, as well. So they've, they've only got the one port there that might be they might find that frustrating. Uh, it's also not the not as powerful as the MacBook Pro. So if you're looking to if if your main tasks are things like editing or graphic design or things like that, then this isn't the computer for you. You need a MacBook Pro. This is this can handle it if you do that occasionally, but if that's what you mainly do, you're going to get frustrated with this. It's not the, the processors aren't strong enough to do that all the time. Um, but look, at the end of the day, I think great, great little uh, laptop, really impressive looking. I remember every time I pulled it out, people would go, wow, they were really impressed just by looking at the thing. So if you want that bit of, bit of wow factor, then that that's there for you. And just for the record, I, I didn't choose gold. Gold was uh, assigned to me. I don't know <laughs> what that what that means from uh, Apple's point of view there, what they think of me and what my tastes. Uh, but look, it, it is an excellent computer. A little bit on the expensive side, so you you are paying a little bit of the uh, the early adopter tax there, yep. uh, and but really is a, a marvelous looking computer, one of the best looking laptops I've ever seen. Uh, but you do pay pay a decent price for that for uh, for for the money you get the, a lot of bang for your buck and a really nice looking laptop. And look, one last thing: the USB C to USB adapter is twenty nine dollars. The USB C to HDMI adapter is one hundred nineteen because it also has allows you to power the device at the same time and get a USB out. So they're pretty pricey adapters, I think. But I I my view on the adapter thing is you'd get used to that very quickly if you invest in that. Um, I only have one dongle for my MacBook Air, and that's a HDMI for when I'm doing presentations. And I have no problem just get using a $119 adapter, yep. which is going to get a good use because I can power it and plug the HDMI in and even run the presentation off a USB stick at the same time. So I don't think the adapter is yep. a bad thing. I, I pretty much agree with everything you've said. I think it's um, it's well worth a look for people who love their um, love their early adopting. But I mm. think it's a, it's a really tough decision to make because financially you can get a lot more bang for your buck. Oh, but yeah. I was talking Absolutely. to someone today who uses a MacBook Pro. 13 inch and frankly they only use it for like in the morning checking the websites and stuff and i said this is perfect it's just the light weight and small form factor alone is better value therefore so if you don't need the macbook pro's weight and size gee whiz this thing's tiny it's fantastic yeah so. and you don't even know you got it I, I i carried actually my 15 inch retina uh, macbook pro and the MacBook, the twelve-inch MacBook in my in my backpack, and you you wouldn't even know it's there. Right. It's so light. The only thing I but carry in my backpack it's, it's, is my MacBook Air, and I've had them both, and I've not noticed. Yeah, uh, incredible. No, no, they've, they've really nailed the design. No doubt about it. The design's incredible. How light and powerful it is for, for its size. You think, wow, it's it's pretty decent. Mm. Uh, but I think they're kind of moving. This is a. I, I like how it's a, it's in its own class. It's not a MacBook Air. It's not a MacBook Pro. It's yep. just its own little MacBook class. Yep. So I think it's sort of moving towards 
Um, I don't want to call it an iPad with a keyboard because it obviously can do a lot more than just that. But it is very similar in the iPad as in having only one port on the thing, one um, headphone jack, no memory card slots. So it's Apple really sort of dictating the way you use the product because there's no these slots that aren't there. Um, for similar to the iPhone as well, they don't give you a memory card slot in the iPhone. It's no. just the one little port there, one headphone jack. So it's in that family of products there. I can understand why it will appeal to the mobile user. But I think, though, if you've got a computer, you go going to the trouble of having a keyboard and that that sort of more formal setup, like, oh, let's call it, you may want a little bit more connectivity. So definitely, I think, if you uh, if you are buying the MacBook, I'd definitely de- definitely recommend buying the, some adapters as well. Two Blokes Talking Tech, both of our reviews are available on our respective websites uh, and respected websites, let's be clear, uh, eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Bill Gibson is a name that we've known for some months now. We were first introduced to Bill Gibson back in September at the Apple launch, which was the launch for the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus. It also happened to introduce a little product called the Apple Watch. It was the first time it was introduced to the world. And Bill Gibson was there, uh, at uh, flown over by Apple and, and put in front of the, of the worldwide media as one of the developers whose apps had made the cut for early access to the Apple Watch so that she was given the opportunity to adapt her very successful whole pantry wellness app to use on the Apple Watch. Now, that's impressive in itself, but the thing that we were told about Bell Gibson uh, in, in uh, Apple PR was there, obviously, wanting to her to be interviewed by us, and I took them up on that offer, and the her backstory was the fact that she's been battling cancer, and, and the inference was that she'd, she'd fought her cancer with uh, wellness and, and healthy living. And you interviewed so her we for, the, at- for the Tech Guide podcast. Let's just, before we, we talk about this, let's just have a listen to yep. what she said. I'll play two grabs here. The first one is, is her first reply to you is what's the backstory? And the second is just a minute later when she when she talks about her second and very recent at the time diagnosis with cancer. Five years ago, I was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Um, we had tapped into a really beautiful network of people on our online social media communities. And I'm really honest about my journey with my health. Six weeks ago, um, I was re-diagnosed with multiple cancers, um, but I'm feeling on top of the world. Yeah, exactly. And I get out of bed for what we do. Uh, We really believe that we're changing people's lives and we have a giving back end of the company as well with your app download transfers into community donation. So not only are you choosing to change or create changes within your life, you're also financing us to be able to support changes with support changes to those that otherwise don't have that access. So that's everything for funding, um, medical medical support for children that are living with cancer, to building schools in in Sierra Leone. Um, we're really committed to the overall picture rather than just a segmented approach. Yeah. 
Well, congratulations on behalf of all, uh, all us other Australians. Thank you. You're really making us proud. Congratulations. It's really a, a, quite an honour for you to be here. And best of luck with the, with your your own journey Thank and you. the journey with the whole country. Thank thanks you for, so thanks much. Thanks for talking to Tech Life. It's been an honour. I mean, it couldn't be more clear. She, she, she says it there. She talks about her yeah. experience. She talks about being diagnosed, and it's so heartfelt. And you can actually hear your emotion and your voice when, when, when she talks about it. Absolutely. I, I uh, you yeah, know, it has, it has, she has admitted that that's all been a lie. Let's just get that clear straight out there. She, um, has an interview in the Australian Woman's Weekly, which, uh, who actually contacted me to, for permission to use the story that I've run on, on Tech Guide, a, a photo of Bill Gibson that I took wearing an Apple lanyard, uh, in front of an Apple logo. So obviously she's at the Apple event. So she's come out and admitted, yes, that this was all a lie. No, none of it was true. Um, but at the time, listening back to that interview once again, I was staggered at how well she performed. And it was a performance, I think, looking back at that. Like at the time, I thought, you know, she's got, this woman's got cancer. It was emotional. Uh, you hear that whole snippet of that interview. Um, and she, even she showed some emotion there. Mm. Uh, but at the end of it, and I think I've said this before, I told her, I said, I, I just, I just feel like I need to give you a hug. Like I, I, th- I felt I needed to connect with her that way and wish her the best, uh, you know, for her future and, and, and her, hopefully her health, her health, uh, as well. But, in light of all this now, it, it, it's I, I, I've seen the, the woman's weekly interview, and one of the lines that, I, that that gets to me is the fact that she says, "Look, I want people to say, okay, she's human." So by that inference, I think she's she's expecting people to think that she made a mistake, but that's not that's not it at all. I think the 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 truth of the matter is that this was an elaborate hoax, an elaborate lie that she cultivated for years to uh, increase her her value and perception as this wellness blogger, this wellness guru. Uh, and that, that even got past Apple. Apple thought, wow, look at this woman. That that put her in, in a totally a, a, a new stratosphere there. They made her to be a superstar developer and gave her this status that would be the envy of all these other developers out there. Uh, and I'm just staggered just how, how well she kept up the lie. Yeah, and that's the thing. And look, let's be clear. There's some people who would argue that this is actually a, a disease in itself. Munchausen's, I think they call it, where you... You actually you know, make up a disease. I mean, it's I, I I just find the whole thing almost disgusting. That is the the basic response from a lot of people. A lot of money was raised. A lot of money was made. And there's a company now just working to wind up her 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 affairs. You know, her her app, her business. And there's a lot of people who gave money, donated money. Uh, you know, bought things because they believe yeah. the story. And I think that's extremely sad. Well- it's a bad reflection on, on these kind of situations. But I saw a yeah. great tweet tonight which said, if we learn anything from this, it is that we should listen to scientists and doctors for medical advice, not bloggers. And yeah. I have to agree. But it's it's a, a lot of people would have bought her whole pantry app and, and uh, her books and, and all these other things on the strength that, hang on, she's, she's beating cancer doing this. Yeah. So they, she, she kind of sold her app under false pretenses there. There'll be a lot of people, and now you'll know that the whole pantry app is no longer in the App Store. It's oh. no longer going to be on, uh, it's no longer on the Apple Watch page. I'm not sure whether it's actually be offered. Well, if the app's not there, it won't be on the Apple Watch either. Ironically, the Apple Watch comes out this week. So this has all come to a head the same week that the actual device that she was sent over there yeah. to, uh, to sort of help promote, uh, is, is out. 
So, uh, look, it's an uh, incredible story, and, and the uh, the weekly are running that picture of mine, as I said, so I'm keen to, to read to see my photo on my credit. Hopefully they give me the credit uh, <laughs> that I asked for. <laughs> now you're listening to Two Bikes Talking Tech. You can read Stephen's story and listen again to that audio if you want to hear it in full on techguide.com.au. Now, before we do your minute reviews, there's, uh, there's a story I, I basically skipped in the rundown. Stephen hasn't noticed or, or <laughs> I was wondering about that. No, I, I did notice that. I because, wasn't saying anything. You know, for those, for those that listen every week, I mean, this is not just gibberish. We, we spend minutes preparing for this show. Uh, <laughs> and, and we do have a formal rundown. In fact, you know what I've got? I've still got... Because you you um, kindly went out of your way. I mean, by many many uh, many states and passport legislations to come to my studio here for the two hundredth episode. I have the um, I have the printouts. Yeah. I have the still the, paying off my tolls for, that, the, for that drive. I have the printouts of our two hundredth episode rundown. I feel like we should sign them and frame them and, and hang one yeah. in each other's studios. But anyway, um, Yahoo Seven released some stats today about our viewing habits and the way we we have a companion TV relationships. And it was quite an interesting thing because. They looked at things like 16 to 34-year-olds are viewing content across a number of devices, including 45% regularly on a laptop, up from 30% or a PC, 12% on a tablet, which is also up, 10% on mobile, up, 8% on on gaming consoles, all up. But basically, it points to the fact that there is a lot of companion TV viewing. Now, this might be additional features like My Kitchen Rules, extra videos, or it might be the actual catch-up content. It's quite. Uh, it, it just shows that this is not slowing down, this, this movement to over-the-top or internet-based uh, streaming services. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know the fact that there there's still a TV in the lounge room or the living room, whatever room you want to call it, but the viewing, a lot of the viewing is done outside of that room on all these different devices, whether it's on a tablet in the bedroom or on a smartphone on the bus or the train. Uh, this is this survey just sort of points out the fact that we we want to consume our content where we want and when we want. So there's a lot of catch up services uh, allowing us to do that. Uh, but also the second screen, we were, a lot of us that, that are, are actually sitting in front of the TV also have a smartphone or a tablet uh, in our hands or in our laps, and we're, we're doing things like searching for added content about the program we're watching, we're shopping and buying things that we may have seen on the TV or in a movie. So um, the whole second screen experience is obviously a big one there, but the fact that now we do have all these devices at our disposal to uh, give us that luxury of being able to watch the content wherever we want. Gone are the days where you had to sit in front of the telly to watch all your TV. Now with all these cool devices, you can be anywhere and still catch up with your favorite programs. And that's exactly what we're doing. You know, you look at the I was having a conversation with someone today at work, in fact, when I was showing them the, the MacBook and talking about Bludging again, were you, mate? Bludging yeah, again, Yeah, no, yeah, bludging. Just, uh, just a 12-hour <laughs> day, mate, just bludging. And um, and we're talking about the iPad, and I've got to be honest, I don't use my iPad that much. I um, I use it for you know things like you know opening up Netflix or Stan and pushing them onto the Apple TV or the Chromecast. I use it for you know a little bit of research on the lounge. I don't use it as anywhere near a primary device, and, and I think that that while the iPad is is stagnant in terms of sales broadly, I think that's because people have determined it is this kind of consumption device. And this is the kind of stuff that we're willingly consuming. And the, the more content and the better presentation of that content uh, as it happens over time inside these apps, the yeah. more those devices are going to continue to grow um, in terms of their popularity in this space. From a, from a per, personally, I, I do watch the odd show like I, like like Foxtel Go is a great example of watching your content on a, on a tablet or a phone. 
But I think for personally, I'd, I'd like to watch it in the best quality I can get it. Like Game of Thrones, for example, I, mm. I could watch that on my on my iPad on Foxtel Go as catch up or whatever I want to do it. Mm. But I save that to watch it on you know on my big screen in HD. So I, I wouldn't be satisfied watching a show like that on a, on a smartphone or a, or a tablet. That, that's just me, I suppose. But the, there are other people who think differently and want to catch up on a show any way they can, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. You can uh, read the findings from the. Yahoo 7 companion TV survey at techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech With Trevor Long and Stephen Alright everyone, relax Yes, the suspense is over We can now be joined <laughs> Well, now welcome to the show Stephen Fennick who comes in each and every week at the end of the program to Oh, it's the same Stephen Fennick um, to present the Minute Reviews and the first one this week, Stephen, is uh, finally a product which was very popular with earlier iPhones is finally available for the iPhone 6 Hooray, the Mophie Juice Pack that's been released for the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus. There are two models for the iPhone 6. There's your normal Juice Pack and there's also your Juice Pack Air, which allows you to uh, charge your battery 100%. So if you've got a 0% on your phone, you'll be able to get a full charge. Uh, there's also the sorry the Juice Pack Plus, which has 120% battery capacity, so can not only recharge you completely, it will have 20% left over as well. The iPhone 6, which is slightly bigger, but that only offers you 60% capacity, so if you're on zero, you only get to get to 60, which is enough, though, to get you out of trouble. The whole idea behind the Mophie case is that, at A, it's a case, a protective case at that, but there's also a battery built in, so you can be charging wherever you like, whenever you like. So you don't have to sit next to a PowerPoint. Uh, say you're about to go out of the house, you've got 3% battery. You, if you had your Mophie case, you can still go out and charge your battery up to 100% or to 60%, whatever phone that you have. Uh, it's got a little internal lightning uh, connector, so it lets you slide your phone in there. It's, it's protected all on all sides, so you're not going to scratch it or anything. It's going to protect it while it's inside. Also protected from the outside because it's a case. There are indicator lights on the back, so you know exactly how much charge is left inside the case. You do have to charge the case, remember, because there is that battery inside, but it does have pass-through charging, which means you can have the phone inside the case, have the charge connected. The charge will go to the phone first, then charge the case last. There's also pass-through sync as well. So if you connect your computer to the case, it will still come through to the phone so you can do your syncing, whatever you need to do there. The only thing about it is when it's on the ca- when the phone is inside the case, it's very hard to access the headphone jack because the, the bottom of the case is a little bit thicker. Uh, but there is a, an, an extension cord that you are given so you can still get to that headphone jack. So don't panic if you're listening to your music. There is a cord to connect you there. Uh, pricing is starts from $129.95 for the juice pack for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Well, check it out, techguide.com.au. And a bit of headphone style, man, with the Beats Solo 2 wireless. Absolutely, and you'll be pleased to know that I didn't get the gold Solo 2. <laughs> I had the silver, the sorry, the space grey yeah. Solo 2 Beats wireless headphones. Now, just to just let everyone know, Beats is now owned by Apple, so these headphones are available in gold, space grey, and silver to match your iPhone. But that aside, these are excellent headphones. These are wireless, so they connect via Bluetooth. Uh, and being Beats headphones, they come with a lot of street cred. But what I like about the Solo 2 is that they 
don't have the really heavy bass. The heavy bass is on some of the other models, some of the earlier models. The, the sound quality in the Solo 2 is excellent. Bass is just right. Great clarity. Excellent audio output. I, uh, I couldn't fault them. Uh, build quality is excellent. The ear cups are just large enough to fit over your ear, so they're not too bulky, so it's quite light, quite comfortable. All the controls are also on the outside, so you can navigate your music, control your volume, even answer your calls using the controls on the outside. The right-hand ear cup allows you to, uh, to, to obviously turn it on and off, but also has an indicator light, so you can see how much charge is left on board. But even if you do run out of charge, there is a headphone jack, so you can just connect to cable and listen to them like they're normal wired headphones. I love the fact that they're wireless. You're not going to get tangled up. Uh, but the Beats 2 Solo uh, wireless headphones from Dr. Dre uh, may seem expensive to some, $399.95, but I think you pay for good things. This is one of those things. I think you're going to thank yourself for that extra dough because these are beauties. The sound quality is excellent. $399.95, Dr. Dre Beats Solo 2 wireless headphones. Check them out at techguide.com.au. .com.au and you'll find a whole bunch of stars on that review. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Yeah, that's a wrap. Episode 205. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au will be back again next week with episode 205 and we have some exciting things to talk about next week which uh, we can talk about next week really. Uh, one of them is on your <laughs> wrist and the other one is a tablet but we'll uh, there'll be more of that next week. Um, Tablet and a watch and a certain watch as well. That's that's what I'm suggesting. Yes, uh, <laughs> two blokes talking tech. Follow us on Twitter at Trevor Long at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And if you got something witty or abusive, what doesn't matter to say, uh, jump on Twitter <laughs> and use the hashtag at. It's not the ha- it's not a, it's not an at name. It's a hashtag. The hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. I'm going to go because I can't speak. Stephen, talk to you next week. Talk to you then, mate. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 